Well, well, well. Look what the cat dragged in. Here we are again. Welcome, listeners. Tulip Talks, lockdown special, eh? We've got a seven-day circuit breaker, whatever you want to call it, happening in Melbourne right now. We've had a leak of the virus through the hotel quarantine system, which has given us all a little time to reset, recalibrate, do all the things that we said we were going to do if there was ever another lockdown. You've got seven days to add some value in and around your home, reconnect with your family, your kids, or just go on an absolute bender for seven days, drinking as much and as hard as you can morning, noon and night. Whatever you want to do, it's your choice. You can maybe even do a little health and fitness campaign. You could do, so you know, get your sourdough baking again. Hey? Yoga. Lots of things you can do. But um, hopefully it's only for seven days. But the good news is, there's always a positive, isn't there? I'm back on the microphone. Leah caught me dusting off the microphone earlier. Genuinely. And she said... Uh, do you think you've still got it? It's almost insulted. I said, it's like riding a bike, isn't it? But then when I thought about it, as I walked out to the studio, I thought, you know, that, that saying riding a bike, it depends when the last time you rode a bike was and how old you are when you take it back up again. If you were 60 when you last rode a bike, you know, a fit 60, and then you pick it up again in 20 years' time when you're 80, you'll definitely fall off, won't you? So... It is like riding a bike, but it only depends on how old you were when you last did it and how old you were when you start again. Well, I'm 41, and I'm proud of it, and I'm feeling great. I've got a little beer here, I've got a red wine. I'm not going to get too tanked because I, 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 you guys deserve the best possible version of, my, of myself. So I'm not going to get too crazy. I'm going to have a lovely conversation. I'm going to take you on a journey. Give you some updates. Series 2 is on the way. I've got some very exciting things in the pipeline, guys. I've got a couple of guests that I'm lining up at the moment that once they sign, I mean, they're verbally committed, but once we actually get those podcasts recorded, then I'm going to kick off Series 2 and I can't wait. And I've, I've got lots of things bubbling in the in the background. Um, so just, you know, I just thought, you know, I'll give you a little bit of an update, a little bit of a Brucey bonus and I hope that you, uh, I hope you enjoy it, and that it provides a few laughs for you, because that's the main reason I do this. It's for you guys. It's not for me. It's not so I can self-indulge and listen to myself continuously talk for over an hour at you um, without any interruptions. It's not that. It's for you. It's for my thousands and thousands of listeners all over the world and far beyond. So um, welcome. And if you're a new listener, you're part of the family. You're part of the family now. You're just like us. Don't don't be afraid to go back to series one of Tulip Talks and just, just indulge, drown yourself, spoil yourself. You deserve it. You really do. Um, well, we had a lovely Christmas. Um, very fortunate that Leah's parents bought a beach house when they were very young. And um, and that's down in Blair Gary, which is a lovely part of the world down on the peninsula in, in Melbourne. And uh, we decided that we were going to go down there for Christmas, as, as we always do. It wasn't really a hard decision. We went down there just after Boxing Day. Um, and our good friends Tammy and Mark had um, had to rent some accommodation down there because um, their parents um, didn't buy them a, a beach house when they were very young, unfortunately. And, um, yeah, they had to pay a premium for some accommodation that they booked in Rosebud. 
and um, you know they, they do very well for themselves they've got a couple of properties themselves they've got some great jobs you know they really you know but they paid it they paid a decent amount of money for this accommodation but they were under no illusion it was going to be you know sort of um, not budget but it was going to be you know is what it is just accommodation was just really a bed and uh, you know a place to to chill out and put your stuff and, and spend as much time at the beach and you know at the pubs and breweries and all the beautiful things that you can do down the peninsula so anyway they invited us over said come on over let's have a look and they were laughing about it and they said wait till you see this place and we went in and had a look and um you know it was great i think the benefit of it was that you could sit down in the lounge room um and also brush your teeth and put the kettle on it was it was cozy it was cozy and we were all laughing about it and anyway it was lovely and then the next day they came down to blair gary and you know came to the shack and um gave out some presents to our kids and and leah and you know gave them the presents that i'd obviously bought for their kids because I'm so thoughtful and that's the kind of thing I do. Um, and um, Tammy just nonchalantly passed me over an envelope with uh, my name on it and said, oh, you know, we don't really do presents, but here you go, there's a little something for you. And I thought, oh, this is great, this is nice. Hey, opened it up and there was two scratch cards in there. I thought, that's brilliant, I don't really buy scratch cards, but it's a great gift, isn't it? And there was, um, yeah, sort of one smaller um looking scratch card and one big black one and naturally i was attracted to the big black one and i just wanted to scratch it as soon as i saw it and um i immediately um clocked at the top left hand corner of the screen uh, screen of the scratch card was a a, a top prize of two hundred and fifty thousand dollars uh you got to match three icons and then you um scratch off the bottom to see what those three icons mean anyway i scratched away got three treasure chests I'm thinking, oh, that's great. But I'm always a very lucky person. So I thought, well, yeah, I'm obviously going to win, obviously. Um, but, you know, the real kicker was then, you know, scratching off the bottom bit and seeing what I'd actually won. Um, and when I scratched it off, um, lo and behold, it was $250,000. I was absolutely in shock. The hairs on the back of my neck were standing up. And, you know, people say that. Um, but it really was. And I felt like, you know, shuddering and... My my lip was quivering and I and I reached out to hold Leah's wrist and I said, Leah, I've won two hundred and fifty thousand dollars And I was like so excited because I thought I knew this would happen to me. I'm special. I've always thought something like this would happen to me and if anyone deserves it it would be me because I could justify it, um and do it justice, I mean, not justify it. Um and, you know, sort of tell the world about it through the medium of the podcast. It'd be a great story. I thought this is amazing. I couldn't believe it. I said, Tammy, Mark, I've won $250,000. And I was immediately thinking, don't worry, guys, I'm going to give you at least 50000 because you bought the thing for me. And I was so excited. And I said to Leah, I said, Leah, you've got to get the car and go and get this now. We've got to go and do it. This is amazing. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. And then I looked and then Leah looked at it and she goes, give me it here because it's completely legit um, thing that I would make up. And uh, Leah looked at the scratch card and she was like, oh, my God, you, you have. You've actually won. And then Leah started getting all excited and we both looked over at Tammy and Mark and they were just they were just laughing and sniggering and I just I knew immediately that it was a wind-up and I never even knew until that moment that fake scratch cards existed. But I knew at that moment that that's what they'd done and Mark said, I'm really sorry, Leah, you weren't meant to get involved in this. We meant to just get Paul. And oh my God, the feeling, oh my God, I... Honestly, guys, the feeling of disappointment and anger and uh, mistrust and, oh, it was horrible. 
And I still, you know, I respected them both for doing it because, you know, if you're going to get anyone, it's me, isn't it? You're all thinking right now of somebody in your network of friends that you'd want to do this to. And if, I mean, unfortunately, they're probably listening too because the podcast obviously is so popular um, that there might not be anyone out there that you can get. But if you have got that person that you know that might not be listening to this, please do yourselves a favour and buy them a fake scratch card and get 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 a legit one. Uh, to hand to them at the same time just to do, you know, do exactly what they did basically it basically it was just unbelievable I was so upset it ru- honestly it ruined my Christmas I remember having breakfast with them the next day and you know they were talking about what we're going to do today we'll go to that brewery and then maybe go in the beach in the afternoon and I'm going yeah yeah no, that sounds great and all the while behind my sunglasses I was just thinking I hate you I hate everything that you stand for I can't believe you've done this to me we could have been living the dream right now we could have been on a boat I felt like they almost owed me the $250,000. But anyway, I got over it eventually. I think I think it was April 3rd. I remember waking up the first time and thinking, nah, I'm over it now. Um, so anyway, no, fair play. Um, it was a lovely time down the beach. And, you know, it, it, at least they didn't let it go too long. That's, I think, the, the most important thing with a practical joke. And I do a lot of them myself. So I never let people really stew on something. I don't think that's fair. If, you know, if I'd, if I'd have been going out and you know, spending money and going a bit crazy thinking I've got this money coming in, um, then I think that would have been shocking. But they didn't do that, fair play. But maybe they only didn't tell me, um, maybe they only told me so quickly because they were feeling bad about Leah. So I don't know how long they'd have let it go. But anyway, I'm over it now and um, we move on. Um, but it was a great time down the beach and, um, you know, I really appreciated being down there having not really um, had a holiday for a while. So it was lovely to uh, to get down there and live the dream. And I hope you all had a lovely Christmas too. Anyway, what can you do? Good friends they are of ours, and um, I don't think any less of them in the long run. Um, no, it was good. Really good practical joke. Didn't mind that at all. Um, so, yeah, Christmas came and went, and, um, yeah, we recently... Well, maybe I should tell you about... Well, through through lockdown... I don't know. I'm just trying to think when you guys would have last checked in with me. I think my last episode of Tulip Talks Series 1 was end of October. Yeah, that's right. And um, I'd grown my hair through that experience, and uh, partly for a bit of fun, and partly because I really wanted to see if I could uh, get the old Bradley Cooper going. But, you know, if I'm honest, and I'm, I'm often not, I couldn't generate the look I was looking for. And I don't know whether or not it was it was age... Um, it definitely wasn't age. Bradley Cooper, I think, is older than me. I don't know whether or not it was facial structure. I just think, for some reason, in my head, I had a vision of what I was going to look like. And in in the cold light of day, when I when I saw my face in the mirror, it just wasn't the Bradley Cooper that I pictured. It was um, it was horrific. Um, it was it was an absolute shambles, and it was getting harder and harder to con- contain the mane. Um, to um, control the beast, and um, we ended up having a few friends around. Um, I say Leah's friends; there are friends too, but it's Leah's girlfriends and partners, and we're all equally good friends. We get a l- lovely bunch of people, lovely bunch of people, and um, I don't know what happened. The night escalated, believe it or not, often does. And I'd cooked a lovely lamb and chicken spit. I do a lovely spit, by the way. I know I've talked a lot in my podcast before about doing low and slow barbecue. But I don't underestimate how good I am at doing a spit. That lamb and chicken gyros, gyros, you say potato, I say gyros, um, is an absolute credit to me. When I'd, I'd, I'd done one of them, 
and um, the night was night was going really well. We would be dancing, we had the tunes on, it was brilliant. And um, for some reason, um, as I was running my fingers through my hair, um, thinking I was like a, a young transvestite Shakira, um, the only thing that was lying was me, not my hips, it was me. And I just felt that I was being a fraud to myself and I knew that I could look better with, with, with shorter hair. So I entrusted um, Rhea, one of Leah's friends, my friend too, um, to get a pair of Leah's material scissors um, that she cuts and does sewing with um, to cut my hair at probably quarter to one in the morning. And to be fair to her, she did a lovely job, lovely job. Um, and, and that was it. That was the end of the lockdown lockdown curls. And I woke up the next day and I felt I felt a million dollars. I felt lighter on my feet. Literally, and Leah looked at me in um, in a way that you know, you know, when your missus looks at you and you just think, "I know that you know that you know that I know that you know that I've make me a cup of coffee." So I did that. Went to make a cup of coffee, and I came back in. I said, "What do you reckon to the new hair?" Then I said, "You look unbelievable. If the kids weren't here right now, I would." And um, anyway, the kids ran in and we don't ever know what she was going to say, but I reckon she would have, who knows, eh? Who knows? But the hair, the hair went. And um, speaking of which, we went on this road trip and we did this road trip um, along the east coast of Australia. I don't know if you've ever been up the east coast of Australia. I've traveled a, a lot around Australia, but I've never really done a lot through from Melbourne to... Well, say Byron Bay for argument's sake, because that's sort of the the region that we did. So we uh, we decided that we were gonna. Well, some friends of ours, Tammy and Mark, and and Phil and Jules, and Will and Sarah, and everyone's kids decided they were gonna go on a holiday. Uh, we were gonna go on a holiday to Lennox Head, and uh, it's just just um, just below Byron Bay. And uh, we'd hired this really nice house. It cost a fortune because it was Easter holidays. Which, if you've got kids that are in school, you have to travel in Easter holidays. Whereas if you're like us and uh, Tammy and Mark, for example, with kids that are still in daycare, um, it's an interesting one going on a on a holiday with your mates that, you know, you don't have to be there at Easter holiday paying double, but you do because you want to hang out with them. And that's just a testament to how good our friends are. And like Sarah and Will and um, Phil and Jules, you know, if, if you were sort of b-grade people we would not have been there let me tell you no way no way but because we love you and because we think your kids are mm, okay um we decided that we'd pay the premium for lennox head but leah and i because we work for ourselves we decided that we were going to make a bit of a road trip out of it and not do the flight up um you know and just do a week there or 10 days whatever we did we decided we were going to make a three and a half week road trip out of it so we set off from melbourne Pat the car, and I tell you what, I am in full dad mode at the moment. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's since the second one's arrived. I've got Seth now, who's, I was going to say yeah, but I didn't want to go down that road because I can't say that properly, but he's 12 months old. He's probably 13 now. Do you know what? If we're being honest, he's 15 months old. He was born on leap day last year, just before COVID. Um, and um, we, we, yeah, my my packing of the car... Is, was absolutely exemplary and I got better and better and better because what we decided we weren't going to go anywhere for just one night along the way because it'd be just a bit of a hassle by the time you've unpacked the car and done all that stuff so we decided we're gonna have two two nights in each place 
and we were going to make our way up the coast and eventually two and a half weeks later we'd be at Lennox Head where we were going to spend the family holiday with everyone paying a premium for Easter but we love them so let's not mention it and stop going on about it and uh, and then we'd drive back um, so we I, know, I planned this trip out and I was really proud of myself that no real journey was going to be more than four hours um, and uh, we're having two nights in each place and the first stop um, was going to be Lake's entrance anyway so uh, just before we went away I said to Leah um, well, I think Liam might have said to me, yeah, I lie a lot, you know, so I might not have said this, so I don't want to have be called out on it. I'm conscious that people listen and say, Leah didn't say that, you didn't say that. Someone decided that Josh needed a haircut, right? And if you've known Josh, or if you do know Josh, or whatever, you have know that we've never really cut his hair since he was born. He's, he's nearly four now. Um, so at the start of this trip in February, he would have been, yeah, he's just over three and a half. And um, he's always had long hair, sort of shoulder length hair, and we've trimmed it here and there. And... Um, had a lot of comments over the years, you know, you put pictures up on Facebook and Instagram and you get your your typical bloke mates, you know, oh, she's a lovely little girl and, you know, people take the piss out of his long hair all the time. And equally, as many people say very nice things, like he's got amazing hair and we love his hair and all this stuff. The fact of the matter is, you know, you can cut kids' hair, in my opinion, and look like everyone else. Um, or you can grow it and, you know, go through the hard yards of, you know, a bit more time to, to, to wash and dry it every now and again. But, you know, you get a cool little haircut on a little boy that, you know, you don't see that often. So that was our sort of mantra and didn't really give it too many thoughts. But everyone's opinions make you makes you second guess everything. But anyway, he went for a little trim before we went on this trip. And um, only a little trim. I, I took him for the haircut and Leah usually goes with him just to get a little bit taken off. And she said, I'll get a bit taken off this time. Anyway, I went there and I panicked and I didn't really want a lot off. So we just got a little bit taken off, came home. And she was like, oh, I thought you'd have got it a little bit more off. And I said, no, nah, I'll just leave it, whatever. So we went away on this trip and we got to Lakes Entrance, which was our first stop about four hours away from Melbourne. A couple of nights there. And um, after the first night, um, and, and incidentally, going back to Tammy and Mark uh, in that small cabin, um, the place that we were staying in Lakes Entrance, wasn't much bigger because we decided that we were going to budget on the road trip and not go um, too expensive. Hadn't been an amazing year for us recruitment wise. <laughs> and also, you know, it adds up, doesn't it? Spending uh, mega money uh, for, for being away three and a half weeks. So uh, we were on a budget, went in this nice little holiday cabin in Lakes Entrance. And, uh, you know, it was cozy. On the day after that, we uh, woke up there after the first night. We looked at Josh for some reason, his hair just wasn't happening. He'd, he'd lost his curl. He'd lost his curl, and we were just looking at each other going, well, none of us really wanted to say it, but I think, yeah, one of us said, seen Josh's hair? It looks weird. Doesn't he look weird? And um, long story short, we decided that we were going to go and get it cut. So we, we rocked up to this place in Lake's entrance randomly and just said, um, it was a hairdresser's, you know, it wasn't a butcher's or anything. And we said... Um, we just need a little haircut on here. We've got, you know, I don't know what's happening. He's got long hair, as you can see, but we need a bit taken off. So they took a good chunk off, um, but for some reason, she didn't really style it, um, didn't this lady? And uh, we walked out of the shop and we looked at Josh, and as much as, you know, we always think he looks cute, um, his actual haircut was a disgrace. Um, and we couldn't, we couldn't, we didn't want to walk with him, and you can't leave him at that age. So we decided we were going to take him back to... Um, Stacy, who had multicolored hair herself and a lot of piercings, and said, "Stacy, it's not working out for us, love. We need to get a little bit more off this." So she did a little bit more, and um, anyway, that was that. We had his haircut, and um, I put a picture up of his new haircut 
on not on Instagram but on my Instagram story you know so it's not something that everybody sees because um, no one and I'm not I'm not under any illusion that people troll through my Instagram stories I mean they do of course they do you are now um, but the uh, the haircut itself was on there and I had so many messages saying oh my god I can't believe you've cut his hair oh my god no no what have you done from people I've never heard from in a number of years people who never mention anything I didn't even think looked at my Instagram story people coming out the woodwork no 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 didn't have one message from the people who've always taken the piss out of Josh's hair didn't have one message from anyone of those people saying finally thanks for that you know they could have taken the rap for it they could have taken the credit you know they could have gone oh well you know 19 messages in the last 12 months about Josh's long hair is obviously sunk in hasn't it Paul well done thanks for that I don't have to look at his stupid long hair anymore um, but I had all these messages from people saying no and I had a few messages going oh he's all growing up now and oh where's my little boy gone and all that but it just made me think Jesus wowee I mean that's just a three and a half year old boy of a, a, a son of somebody who's you know not even famous yet yet joking but just a normal person imagine what it's like if you're an absolute a-lister and not only are people judging you but they're judging your kids i will never ever and i reckon i would have done it in the past pre-kids and you you know there's nothing wrong with admitting that you you learn things as you get older pre-kids i would have said stuff about other people's children um without a thought because you don't have your own but then when you get kids you start to think about things differently and you know you you know, you, you focus on the positives. I would never, ever now say anything negative about anything about a child. What they're wearing, what they're doing, what they're saying. You know, unless they're touching all my shit at my house. I hate that. I I can't lie to you. You know, when you get mates over and they're kids and, you know, you want them to come over. And we've got a big backyard and, you know, you love to see the kids play. As long as they're your kids and they're not fucking things up. But no, in all seriousness, when other people's kids come over and you're trying to be all cool, or I am... And you're like, yeah, let the kids run wild. Yeah, no problems. Go on this, go on that. And you just think, put that back. That's not yours. That's not a toy. So you've really, you've got to, you've got to let that go. And I'm, I'm not very good at it. And I, I never get angry at the kids. It's more the parents. I look at them and I think, you're meant to be my best friend. Have some control of your little shit kid. Hey, get him to put that down. That's a knife. That's a knife. Um, but no, you live and learn, don't you? You get older and um, a bit wiser and um, hopefully uh, Josh's hair... Well, anyway, we, we, we got back and, you know, the, the, the feedback on the hair wasn't, you know, wasn't what we were after, really. It was a little bit negative. So we went back to the original hairdresser that, that Leah's always gone to and explained that, you know, don't don't feel like we've betrayed you. We actually got it cut when we were on the road trip and now we need to have, a, like, you know, a real proper haircut. And... Uh, she gave him a bit of an undercut on one side and really short on the other and left it a bit long and yeah it was great and it, I thought he'd I thought he'd be really really fussy about it to be honest I thought he'd be like because he loves tying his hair up and all that but he, um, he he hasn't looked back he hasn't looked back thank God because people have just stood behind him taking the piss but anyway that's Josh and his haircut so that was a uh, a little lockdown lock story as well um, a segue from mine we had a massive insurance claim we went down to the beach as I mentioned when we got back. There was that massive storm, wasn't there? Was that in November? Yeah, I think that was November. So that was pre-Christmas. There was a huge storm in Melbourne. And um, 
yeah, it seemed that you know even our next door neighbours, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of their trees fell down, a lot of limbs. But oh, let me tell you, not as much as in our backyard. We just seem to have it. Yeah, I mean branches. I mean branches were on kids' toys. Um, branches were on golf clubs. Branches had fallen um, from where you know you look up and there's no trees there. Branches had mysteriously fallen on um, you know brightling watches and um, stereos and all sorts. I mean, no, I'm joking. I mean, we did add a little bit of mayonnaise maybe to the claim, but um, we had a horrible, horrible scene that we came back from the beach from. There was. Uh, there was there was there was crap everywhere. Thank God we weren't here, but we had that to deal with. It was a bit of a, a bit of a uh, disappointing way to come back from our first time being away. Yeah, so it was when that lockdown finished. It was in November. We went away down to the beach for a few weeks, and we came back to that. But anyway, whatever. That's what you pay insurance for. And um, yeah, we've got uh, we got one hundred and sixty grand out. No, we didn't. We we did all right out of it though. So you know that was that. Um, then I had a. Um, then I had a uh, well a road trip. So the, oh bloody hell, lost my train of thought there. The road trip, the um, the, the 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 lakes entrance experience, great. Got the haircut, and then we made our way up the the Sapphire Coast. They call it. Don't know if anyone's ever been up that way. Probably, of course you have. I mean, the chances of one of you have been there. I'm I'm talking to at least fifty thousand people right now that are listening to this. So of course you've been up the Sapphire Coast. So uh, lakes entrance, Pambula, Marimbula. Then I think we did um, oh Nelson's Bay, and then it started pissing down. That horrible bloody flooding. The flooding happened. That was it. So I went down the beach the first time, came back to bloody Hurricane Harry, and uh, then the first road trip, the first actual holiday we'd been on in God knows how long, and it was the bloody floods. I got to Jarvis Bay, that was it, and it was just an absolute washout. It was crap. And it was all these places that we picked with absolutely stunning beaches and... Uh, amazing seas to go and swim in. Um, it was just all flooded. Absolute shambles it was. Um, so Jarvis Bay really got to us. And then we went to Sydney. Leah's got some um, family in Sydney and we stayed with them for three nights, which was amazing. Beautiful city, Sydney. Um, so nice, obviously. If you've been there, you'll know, obviously, basically. Um, our series one listeners will know there's, uh, there's the history of those two words. But we had a lovely time in, in Manly, seeing family. And then we went up to uh, Nelson's Bay, which was great. Bit, uh, you know, silver surfers, a lot of old people up there, but made me feel good about myself. And then we uh, we, we kicked on to, well, we were going to stay at Port Macquarie, but our accommodation actually washed away. That was a horrible conversation. I rang up a, a couple of days ahead and I said to the lady at the, uh, <laughs> the irony, the holiday park that we'd booked in at, I said, oh, it's Paul Tulip here. And she said, oh, Paul Tulip, amazing. Weren't you on um, Series 2 of The Apprentice in the UK and uh, wrongly got fired in the last final four? You should have gone all the way, but you abused homeless people. I said, yeah, all right, anyway. So we're booked in um, to stay with you in a couple of nights' time, and I'm just giving you a call to see how everything's going because I'm watching the news. And uh, Port Macquarie looks a bit moist. And she said, uh, well... There's no chance you're going to stay with us because I'm actually talking to you on my mobile. All of our phones have been diverted because uh, the, the 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 whole holiday park's actually washed away. It's underwater. Um, we've got no computer system. We've got nothing. And if you hadn't have rang, I wouldn't have had any way of telling you. I said, well, I'm, can you, so I'm just confirming we're not staying with you. She said, no, we're not. So uh, we ended up going to Coffs Harbour instead, which was bloody lovely actually I don't know if anyone, anyone's been to of course someone's been to Coffs Harbour Paul you're speaking to 180,000 people of course someone's been um, we had a lovely time there the weather wasn't amazing but you know you don't, 
Wasn't it's not all about the weather. It is. It is. It fucking is. It's all about the weather. It is. All you want when you go away is hot weather. You want your kids to be um, well behaved. You want them to go to bed and sleep. You want your wife to to rekindle the love for you again. Stare at you when you're asleep and you wake up and she's stroking your cheek, kissing your forehead and going, oh my God, that was the longest night of my life. I have been sat here watching you for seven and a half hours, begging for you to wake up my sweet prince. Now I've prepared a beautiful ham and cheese croissant for you. Would you like a coffee or a whiskey or anything else? I'm going to take the kids out and get out of your hair. You take your own time to get up. Anyway, so everyone's got different ideas of what they want on their on their holiday. And this road trip for us was, it was so much fun. I think my most favourite bit of the whole road trip, as much as Lennox Head was amazing and the house that we stayed in was just ridiculous. Um, the bit with my family, just me, Leah and, and the two boys, um, staying in these little cabins. And we stayed in a lot of them because, you know, we stayed every couple of nights we'd move. And, and Josh's face and excitement when he was trying to find out if we had bunk beds or if we had, you know, twin rooms, if we had the, the accommodation, you know, because you, you take for granted, I suppose, your kids, you know, they always stay in the same home. Unless, of course, you, you're from a broken home and you've got ex-wives and husbands that you've got to go and share houses with. Or maybe, you know, you've got a um, you've got a child you don't like and sometimes you, you play that game where you leave them three streets around the corner and see if they make it home, um, like the McCanns did in Portugal. Um, but no, it, the excitement of just having a new bed every few nights for Josh was just next level. And I, I felt like I got to relive excitement through him, you know, not relive my youth. I don't know what that means, but um, I, got, I got so giddy. I was getting excited for him and I, and I knew, I knew if we had bunk beds or not, I knew. But it was very exciting and, um, you know, I would recommend if anyone's not been on a road trip with their family, you might think be an absolute nightmare. Kids will, you know, just not shut up in the back and, you know, just just try it because, um, you know, it, it, it is a lot of fun. Um, a lot of the time I drove in a separate car, hired a car a lot of the way and Leah did the, the brunt with the kids, but it was still very enjoyable for them apparently. Um, but we got to Lennox Head stayed at this place and the lady that came out from the uh, accommodation she lived in a house on the same property so she owned the whole thing she lived in the one house with her husband the poor bastard and um they they had this other house that they i think was originally their family home but then they decided to airbnb it and uh, if anyone follows me on um i mean of course you do of course you do follow me on instagram anyone saw the pictures it was an amazing place but this woman so she was very particular. You can't turn up before three o'clock. And we were, as I've mentioned, we were on a road trip. So we got there, bang, you know, first thing in the morning. You know, we've been in budget accommodation for two and a half weeks. We wanted to load it up as soon as we could. And we said to Will, any chance we can get an early check-in? And he was like, no, nah, this woman has been really, really stringent. She's not doing early check-ins. So we got there um, at three o'clock and uh, out she came. And lovely lady. I'd, I'd describe her as jolly. Um, that would be my initial initial thoughts on her and you know a lot of people think jolly and fat i'm not necessarily saying she was she was fat she was huge but she was nice with it and um she wanted she could not wait to show us around this house it was like her pride and joy which is fine it should be it was very impressive but we couldn't get rid of it you know when you just want your host to be like all you want to know is where's the key um what's the alarm number um what what happens if you know, an emergency or whatever, you know, because 
you know, even now, I, well, I don't, I never, who am I kidding? I don't ever care what happens in an emergency. I am usually the emergency and people are worrying about me. Um, but yeah, you want it short and sweet, don't you? You pay God knows how much to stay there and you want your host just to, you know, be pleasant, be nice, show you that they've left a six pack and a nice bottle of Chardonnay in the fridge, a selection of cold meats and some cheeses and then fuck off. Um, but she didn't. I reckon it was a good 25 minutes showing us absolutely everything. And because I'm quite a polite person, you know, you comment on a few things that you're looking at when you're going around the house. And her husband was obviously a massive collector of memorabilia. I say obviously. It was obvious because there was fucking memorabilia everywhere. And and, and I, I said wrongly walking down the corridor, ah, oh, someone's into collecting the old autographs. And she walked me through every single one. Oh, that's Damon Hill. That's that's Ronnie O'Sullivan. That's this, that's... Little did she know, bloody, I'm a walking autograph, and if her husband was in the same room, he probably would have strapped me down and asked me to sign something. That sounds sexy, doesn't it? Um, he probably would have wanted something. Um, but anyway, this corridor went on forever. It was just an, oh. And then she was, then she just said, oh, and by the way, a lot of snakes around at the moment. A lot of snakes. Yeah, a lot of snakes. Nothing to worry about, though. If you do see a snake and it's high, it's probably just a green snake. And uh, the best thing to do is get a get a get a brush because they'll be on the curtain poles. Just get a brush and watch it wrap around that, and then just let it back out. Matter of fact, like that. Spiders, you should be fine. The snakes eat the spiders. <laughs> do they, Marion? Do they? Just fuck. Anyway, so big massive snake scare. Shut all doors. Uh, if you're going out to the pool area, shut the door because snakes will get in. Um. Anyway, and then it just pissed down for seven days. Um, luckily we had, um, one night where we could have a fire pit, um, they had this fire pit and, uh, cause I like collecting wood and I burn a lot of wood. I know how, um, hard it is to, um, collect the wood, store the wood, split the wood. And, you know, you, at first when I moved into this house, there was a load of wood that got left here and I used to just burn it up, just throw it in the fire pit every night, just literally have a fire every night, just burn it up. And then it all ran out, and then I realized that, you know, if you just buy the stuff from the petrol station, you're going to cost a lot of money. Um, so I started collecting wood, got a trailer, started collecting all this wood, storing it, and oh, and then you really do appreciate, you know, he who gathers his own wood is warm twice. You can have that. Um, and uh, we got to this place, and they said they had a fire pit, and I thought, oh, I wouldn't mind seeing their wood collection. As I said, I'm getting on, I'm 41 years old. And... Uh, Bless her, Marion. You know, within three seconds of me texting her, asking me where of me asking where a woodpile was, um, she opened up the back door to her property. <laughs> Sounds disgusting. Um, and we went round there and uh, we cleaned her out. And we got so much wood that night. We got loads of wheelbarrows over to the fire pit and we just burnt and burnt and burnt. It was great. It was lovely. I had a lovely night. Thank God we had it on that night because it pissed down every other night that we were there. Um, uh, but yeah, your host when you're at a B and B, Airbnb, yeah, just if you have got a, if you have got an Airbnb and you host yourself, keep it short and sweet. Um, anyway, we had a really good idea towards the end of the trip um, because our friends were flying back um, to Melbourne, and we had to come back for a wedding. And um, Leah decided that she was going to fly home with the boys from Ballina Airport, which is at Byron Bay, and I was going to take on the road trip by myself. And um, the kids had been brilliant on the way there in the road trip. So we weren't really concerned about them being in the car for a long time, but we did have to do 1,700 kilometers in two two days and two nights. So we'd booked in, no, one night. We'd booked in to Liverpool 
Um, and I only booked to stay in Liverpool because I used to go to Liverpool University in England. I thought, oh, that'll be quite cute if I stay there. Anyway, I dropped Leah and the boys off um, on the Wednesday morning at Ballina Airport. They decided they were going to fly home. It was only a couple of hundred bucks. Great decision. Had some friends on the flight anyway to help out if they needed to, but they were all fair enough. And um, Leah got picked up by her parents at, uh, at Melbourne Airport and, and you know, really, you know, got home within four hours of being dropped off and, and, and bought herself an extra few days, which was great. I mean, the trade-off was obviously she got the kids by herself, but she's used to that. Um, and my sort of bittersweet element of it was that I had, uh, you know, as much time as I needed to get back and be kid free. Um, but the, the problem was I had to do all the driving myself and anyone that knows me, um, will not go in a car with me because I'm horrific. Um, and I was a bit nervous about driving all that way. Um, because I was fine on the way there, road trip, road trip in three, you know, four hours, couple of bakery stops on the way obviously and you'd be fine before you knew it you were there um but this 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 was quite a daunting journey um on the Wednesday I had to get back really had to get back by the Friday because the wedding was on Saturday so I wanted a day just to, you know sort of judge myself and shave my bits and do face mask and stuff and look presentable for the for my big day for my friend's wedding um but um I decided to just yeah had to had to stay in Liverpool on the Wednesday night and that was what 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 Google Maps was saying it's quite confronting when you put it in Google Maps and it just says eight hours five minutes and that's with no stops and that's with no traffic it's based on you know if you set off now and you don't stop driving well listen to me explaining how Google Maps works you all know how Google Maps works and if you don't welcome to the podcast my uh, my senior my senior listeners um, Google Maps is like a like an atlas it's like a map but it's it's on your phone and I um, took the journey on. I think I did about three hours without stopping the first time. Had like a little 10, 15 minute nap. Um, I'm really good. I'm an anywhere sleeper. So if I decide that I just want to have a little nap, doesn't matter what time of day it is, I can just get get myself down anywhere I am in the car, on, on the floor, uh, on a clothesline. Doesn't matter. I'm a really good sleeper. Uh, had a little power nap and then bombed it onto wherever I was going. And um, I got to Liverpool that night about six o'clock and it was dark. Uh, six six thirty. It was dark, and it was horrific. Liverpool. I don't know if anyone's ever been there in it's sort of Western Sydney. Um, it might be nice in the day, but there was nothing nice about it. I'd booked what I thought was not a quite a nice apartment. It was a two bedroom, two bathroom apartment that I thought, you know, after a big long day road tripping, um, this was before I knew that Leah and the boys were going to fly home. I thought this would be a nice place to stay. Um, for the for the four of us, just for a night. It had a pool and stuff and. Anyway, I uh, I got there and the fire alarm was going in the corridor. I thought, oh, God, I hope that bloody fire alarm doesn't go all night. And I opened the door and it got louder and louder. So clearly it was my fire alarm and didn't have a battery in it. Um, so the battery wasn't making any difference. It was just straight. I think it was like hardwired. I had to rip it off and text the woman that um, I'd arranged it through, through booking.com. And um, anyway, that was fair enough. And then I thought, oh, I just want to go for a swim and have a relax and, you know, sort of stretch off a little bit. I'll go and find this pool. So I got my uh, got my towel and uh, thought it'll be just like, you know, when you go to Crown Metropole or something like that, you can just sort of go down the elevator in your robe or in your towel and, and you know, you just, you know, I mean, obviously I haven't got a body of steel anymore. I'm not the man I used to be. I'm twice that. But I thought I'll just get in the in the lift. It'll be fine. I didn't really realise until I got in the lift that this wasn't, uh, a, you know, a sort of hotel. It was like, this is like just a, an apartment block in Western Sydney that um, a lot of people, a lot of people live in. And 
I got in the lift and went down. I was on like floor 24 and I went down. The next stop was like 22. And in walk a load of these tradie guys with high-vis on. And I was thinking, oh, okay. And they're all sort of sniggering, laughing at me. I've got my towel on, um, me, me, me thongs, me flip-flops for my English listeners. And um, I thought, well, this isn't, um, this isn't ideal. Um, they're all sort of sniggering and laughing at me, and some of them were, you know, sort of bigger guys, um, had tattoos and stuff, you know, smell of smoke, real manly. And um, went down there. Next stop was like floor twenty, and like you know, more people got in, big load of load of families got in, like massive lift. Anyway, I went down to fl- eventually got to to floor number five, which took bloody ages. And it's freezing, you know. Every time the door opens, it was getting colder and colder. So I get down to level five, and I think, right, where's this swimming pool? And science is our swimming pool. So I went out and pushed that green button that you do. And when I when I went through the green button, I realised fucking swimming pool was outside. It was outside. There was no lights on or anything. It was awful. I put my toe in there, and it was absolutely freezing. And then I thought, what a dickhead I've looked here. I've come down in like a like a towel from the room in an, in an apartment block where everyone lives, where they probably only go to the, the, the pool in the height of summer during the day. And dickhead English guys down there, bloody with his goggles on on his head, looking like Roy Chubby Brown, trying to get down there. Um, so I went straight back up, and I thought the only way that I can get through this pain is I need a I need a positive. I need I need a double positive now to take away a really bad experience. So I uh, and I was starving, believe it or not. I hadn't really eaten on the road. I just sort of snacked uh, on on Hungry Jacks and Maccas and stuff, not really had a substantial meal. So I decided that I was going to go and get some Dirty Bird, go to KFC, and uh, had to get the car out the out the bloody um, multi-story again, and it was a right mission. And I went to get this KFC, and I brought it back, and I had that instant regret. As soon as I finished it, I just thought, oh, this is awful. I had a big kind of um, solo, like really fizzy stuff, and like it was all the bloody Wicked Wings were repeating on me. I had heartburn. Just tired. I've been on the road for ages. I just wanted to relax and watch TV, but then I thought, no, if I get into watching TV, I'm going to be midnight before I know it, and I really wanted just to crack on the next day. So I went to sleep. I went to bed about ten o'clock, and then just couldn't sleep and was just pissing about on my phone as I do. And uh, yeah, eventually, sort of eleven o'clock, I went to sleep, and I'd set my alarm for five o'clock that morning, thinking, you know, I'd get up and out and. Don't know about you, but when you set an early alarm, you're just conscious of it. You kind of sleep with one eye open, and I don't really think I even slept that night. Like the 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 KFC was just really repeating on me. The solo that I'd had before bed, the 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 fizzy pop was just not good. Anyway, so I think about four thirty in the morning, I got up and had a shower and uh, and got on the road and absolutely bombed it. I mean, I think that that was one of the most impressive things I've done as a human. And I know what you're thinking. You've done heaps, Paul. Don't undervalue yourself. But I drove like a thief in the night. I drove out of Western Sydney like I was a like I was a bank robber. I was out there. I was up an atom. It was like on the road and I just just covering, just chewing up the tarmac I was. And um, as the sun rose, as the sun as the sun rose, um, I was out of there. I was gone. I was on. I was well on the way. And then I just spent the whole day ringing people. I had loads of energy. I was euphoric because I thought, yes, I've done this. And if you're not, if if you play your cards right, you could get home today, a day early. You could just bomb it and just do it all in one day. And then give yourself that, you know, Thursday night in your own bed, Friday to do your face mask and your facials and all that stuff, and do your nails and get a pedi. And get ready for this wedding, and you know, really, really make a show of yourself. Um, and that's what I did. I bombed it home. I got home at two o'clock that day, 
I drove all night. I actually drove all morning. It was brilliant. And I spoke to loads of people. And there wasn't one person I didn't tell exactly what I was doing. Hi, what are you up to? Oh, me, I'm on a road trip. Have you ever been to... And I thought, oh, God, these poor people. Just talking to anyone. I was like Alan Partridge. Just talking to anybody. Hello. And um, rang a lot of clients, rang a lot of people. And I rang so many people, right, that then when I got home that afternoon, my phone wouldn't stop of all these people ringing me back that I just thought, I don't need you now. I needed you when I was on the road. I don't need you anymore. I don't care. But then I had to ring them all back and chat to them, and that was fine. You know, it was it was good. Got some, got a couple of jobs out of it through work, which was great. And then I had that that day to myself and got back and um, and that was that. Went to this wedding, um, which was lovely. And then the next day, me and Leah thought we were hungover. Um, the kids were up at um, Hurstbridge, up at Leah's mum and dad's, and um, we were both laying in bed in the morning. And I mean, we weren't feeling too bad, but we didn't feel right. Anyway, we uh, I won't I won't go into the details, but we we were really sick. We had a bit of gastro between us. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. And if you ever really doubting whether or not you love someone, um, have a have a gastro experience together. And if you come through the other side, um, lighter for it and better for it, you'll 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 you know you're unbreakable. And it was horrific. We weren't good at all. And then Leah got this bacterial throat infection. And then I copped it. And then Seth had hand, foot and mouth. Josh had a finger infection. <laughs> then Josh had a um, infected... Uh, Seth had an infected ear. We were all on antibiotics at one point. It was horrific. We had this most amazing road trip experience. Three and a half weeks of absolute bliss and laughs and laugh. You know, it's brilliant. We had felt no, no, hardly any work on at the time, which was perfect. Phone wasn't ringing, just having the most relaxing time ever. And then um, we got back and we were both so ill. It was awful. And you just, yeah, we just really appreciated obviously being fit and healthy. And we haven't really bounced back quite since until maybe this week. We've just been getting a little bit bouts of illness here and there, you know, thinking you're going to get a bit of a cold and then you get a bit of a sniffle and then nothing ever happens. And, you know, we've had a couple of COVID tests and, you know, nothing happened with that. We didn't have COVID or anything like that. Um, but we've yeah just not been not been great. But then this last week, just as lockdown is is you know but was announced, it just we've been absolutely flying. Work's really really busy. Um, we've got loads of jobs done around the house. The place is looking great. We've got um, you know lots to look forward to. Um, but then this lockdown hit, and it was like you know a lot of people around me were getting a bit upset about it and oh bloody lockdown this that and the other. But I thought you know. Once you've been through seven months of something, a week a week's nothing. And once you've, um, you know, sort of, you've got that almost muscle memory of how you cope, then you're, you're a lot stronger for it. So there's got to be something in the, you know, the more you experience, the more shit you, you put yourself through, the more crap that comes at you. I know it's an age-old saying, I'm not telling you anything you don't know here, but your resilience really does um, grow and grow. And you get much better for it as a person and how you handle things and i definitely need to deal with my um patience though i'm so impatient it's one thing i, I really want to handle um a lot better is my anger management because um and, and the problem is a lot like if, if an outsider heard me getting impatient or angry about certain things and i'm not talking you know anything off the handle here but i'm just you know i get you know if, if the dishwasher doesn't shut the way that i want it to shut i'm like for fuck's sake what the fuck and it's just stupid 
But um, yeah, if anyone's got any help on how to do that, then and don't say meditate, please. No one say meditate because I've tried that, um, and I just I think there's other ways that I meditate. Right, I think meditation for me is cutting the lawn or leaf blowing or you know doing something like that where you've got no distractions and your mind wanders. So I I just don't know about sitting and humming and cross-legged and all that i'm not saying there's anything wrong with people that do that if that works for you that's great but yeah i just need to help myself with this whole anger management and impatience especially as the kids get older and and other people's kids come over and start playing with my things and touching my stuff i really need to help to help myself with that um but anyway we've got this um speaking of anger anger management i had a real well i didn't have an issue the other day somebody had an issue with me um, and I, I honestly don't think this is my fault. So I went. There's this butcher near me. I won't name them, but they're a wholesale butcher, and I've I've put a lot of money their way. Um, and that doesn't mean that I get you know carte blanche to be whatever I want to be in that store. But I'm a good customer. I've built rapport. I thought with this lady over the years, and um, you know I've never gone over and above with with the with the chat with her. But I've always been pleasant. Anyway, about a couple of months ago, I bought one of those bags from the butchers. You know. Um, one of those like esky bags so it's like silver in the inside it's sort of like you know it's going to keep things cold if they're cold and I imagine they'd keep things warm if they're warm but you're not buying warm stuff from the butcher so stick with the story the silver lining yeah the silver lining uh, and this nice little butcher bag it was $3.50 and I thought I'm buying a lot of meat at this particular time usually I get a cardboard box and I thought no I'll treat myself you know we've had a nice little bit of stimulus from the economy ScoMo's given us a little bit of a, a boost Splash out, spend three dollars fifty on the bag. You're spending three hundred pounds on on three hundred dollars on meat. Do it, do it justice. Buy the bag. So I've bought the bag. I've put it into the back um, footwell of under under where the kids' seat is in the back. And I noticed there was a bit of mud on 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 the mat at the time. Anyway, that that features later on in the story. And um, I, uh, I I I put the bag down. And I got home, when I went to pull the bag out, the handle just completely ripped off. And it ripped, it split all the side of this um, beautiful navy blue bag. And it exposed the silver esky lining of it. It was buggered. So I went in there, and I put the meat down. I, said to, I walked in, I put my meat down, I said to Leah, um, I, I've, I've split the bag. And she didn't know what to think. But she realised it was the esky bag, not my ball sack. And I'd um, got this investment that I trusted would be more than you know obviously one trip and she goes did you force it out the back did you did you was it a bit tight and I said just 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 support me the bag's broken don't worry about it felt I had to justify the fact why have you spent three dollars fifty on a bag we've got a thousand bags in the back of the car I wanted the esky bag all right I can't stress that enough I thought it was a status symbol it was like my Le Creusier pan okay I put that on the side when people come over and I make sure they walk through the kitchen and see it and I point to it if they don't, okay? It was one of these. I wanted that. I wanted to be that guy with the esky bag. And um, it split anyway, and I thought, well, I'll remember next time I go to that butcher, I'll take it back. So I went there, spent a bit of money on a lamb, on a lamb um, shoulder and a few other bits and bobs, and I saw these esky bags on the shelf where they always are, about 100 of them, and I picked one up because I assumed that I could get, you know, a swap. So I walked up with my old one, and I said, and I was just about to put the food through, and I said, oh, um, I, uh, I bought this um, bag last time I was in. And unfortunately, it split the first time that I used it. And the lady said, um, well, have you got a receipt for it? I said, no, I didn't think to keep a receipt. I said, but we've got a loyalty card for here. You take my mobile number every time. Every time you ask me for the mobile number. So I presume that you've 
you've got a record. Well, we have got records, but we can't bring up your last transaction on that. I said, well, trust me, um, I bought this here. She goes, well, how do I know you bought it here? And I said, well, it has your, your brand of uh, shop on the actual bag, and there's a hundred of them over there, and, you know, I don't understand why you think I'd make this up. And she said, well, it looks like it's been used more than once. And I said, what, what makes you think that? She goes, well, look, it's got mud on the bottom. And this is where I started to really be a bit flippant and, and, and you know, maybe I could have handled differently. I said, well, you know, just, just hear me out with this one. I said, maybe, just maybe, the first time I used it, it got mud on the bottom. And she went, well, it looks like it's been used a number of times. I said, but, but why? She goes, there's mud all over it. And I said, well, there was mud on the mat that I put it on the first time I ever used it. I said, do you, do, do you read mud? Like, are you a tea leaf reader? Can you read it and say, oh, it's actually more than one use, that one? And with that, the lady in the queue piped up behind me and said, excuse me, sir, I would appreciate it if you would um, lower your voice, please, because this lady is the only lady in the store and you're a male that's threatening her. And I went, I turned around and I said, oh, my God, do you two work in pairs? She says, no, I don't work here. I said, no, clearly, I'm joking. She said... Well, listen, you're raising your voice, you're making a scene, it's only a $3.50 bag or whatever it is, just pay for your stuff and leave. And by that point, I was like, oh my God. I said, excuse me. I said, with respect, please keep out of this. It's nothing to do with you. I'm just saying, I've used this bag once. It's not a big deal, but she's making me feel weird about the whole thing. I thought that, you know, she might have just given me a new bag and, um, you know, it's not... I was like dumbfounded, right? And and I was at that point raising my voice. And this lady in the queue said, Sir, you're making me feel very uncomfortable now. Please stop raising your voice and leave the store. And I said, right, okay. I turned around, I said, to the, and then she had to scan all my stuff. And I, I wish at this point I'd have just said, do you know what, forget it, and walked out. I made a bit of a scene and thought, I'll show you. But I really wanted that lamb roast. It was for Mother's Day. So she put the transaction through and then I was just like, yeah, don't worry, don't worry about the bag. Yeah, don't worry about it. And then as I was walking out, the lady in the queue again said, well, I dread to think what your children think of you. And that just it instantly got me because what went through my head is thought, well, how does she, I didn't have any kids with me. I thought, how does she know I've got kids? What if I was trying to have kids and we couldn't have kids? What if, you know, and, and, and by that point. I'd come up with the answer in my head and, you know, it's probably where I'm a bit too quick for my own good. I thought, no, I'm going to make you feel really bad for that comment. And she said, you know, she said, I dread to think what your children think of you. So I turned round, and I said, well, thanks for bringing that up. My children are dead. And I held my stare. I took two steps backwards and I did a little pirouette and I walked out the store and I was laughing to myself inside. But I thought, no, you got to hold this together. You gotta hold this together because that woman's gonna that's gonna that's gonna eat her up. That is gonna eat her up. So I got in the car and I, I rang me mate and I told him what I said, well, that's it, they're never gonna see me there on Bolton Street again. And he instantly brought me down to earth. He said, All that over a three dollar fifty bag. And I was like, What well, is the principal? And I thought, nah, I'm gonna hang up from him. Rang Leah, told her, Leah was on my side, good on her. Then I told her about the um, you know, the, the, the killer line that I delivered at the end and said, you know, there's a few things that I can't ever go down Bolton Street in, in, in Eltham ever again. Um I can't be seen with the children. I can't go in that shop again, which is great. Does amazing chicken ribs and really reasonably priced meat. So we can't go there anymore. Um but but what what a thing to say. I wonder what your children think of you. Horrible woman. Horrible. The fact that she just brought up straight away 
this was a lady in the store and I was a male and I was intimidated. And I was like, oh my God. And then I found myself raising my voice and being a little bit probably, you know, flippant. But she'd brought that out on me and she's almost like, you know, look at you now. And I'm like, well, yeah, I'm like this now, but I wasn't. This lady should just give me a bat. Anyway, I feel petty talking about it, but if anyone's ever... And I never I never normally do things like this, you know. I never normally... Um, make a scene or take things back. I'm too polite. I don't like really like the confrontation. But with this bag, I really thought, no, nah, you've splashed out, Paul. You've made the big time now. You're doing well for yourself. You bought the bag. And the least you can do is, is use that at least twice or three times. And, you know, if I'm honest, deep down, honestly, I think I did pull it a bit too hard. It was a bit too squished in the bottom of the, in the, bottom of the footwell of the car. But that they won't know that. And and I, I if, 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 if you do know the butcher that I'm talking about... Um, or you've had a similar experience, then st- stand with me, yeah. Stand with me. Don't go there. Don't give them. Don't give them the satisfaction. All right. So that was my that was my little you know angry outburst there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's um it's the snap lockdown. It's the seven days. It's what it's doing to us. You know it brings out the good and the bad. Um, but you know the seven days. Um, it's like a Craig David song, isn't it? Met a girl on Monday. Took her for a drink on Tuesday. We were making love by Wednesday and on Thursday and Friday and Saturday. I'm sick of her on Sunday. Absolutely sick of her. You'll be sick of your wife, your kids. It's only seven days, but it's going to drag. It's going to drag. The novelty will wear off after this weekend. You'll get to Monday. You'll be home. You'll be homeschooling, and you you've got to be really, really on your game. Not to not to get, not to lose your temper. Just bite your lip. We can get through this together. And you need to get really excited for Series 2 of Tulip Talks, everybody. You really do. It's going to be a wonderful time. It's going to be... Um, it's going to be... If, if if I can pull it off, said the actress to the bishop, then it'll be amazing. Got a couple of really, really good guests lined up. Um, the lockdown permitting, I can go and do those uh, podcasts fairly soon. And, um, yeah, I'm really excited about it, actually. I've also got another little business venture that's happening on the side. Um, which I can't wait to tell you all about. I think you're all going to be very excited for me because I've got my mojo again, and um, that's going to be very exciting. And um, hopefully, this seven days isn't going to be too bad. And I'll, I'll liken I liken the fact that once you've once you've done the hard yards, you appreciate um, things in in a different light. And let me let me explain two two examples I've got of that before I wrap up. So I mentioned about collecting wood earlier. I very recently, very recently, I recently borrowed a log splitting machine off a good friend of mine, and he was very, very generous to lend it to me. Um, we were talking about it at the golf club one time, and I talked about the fact that I'd arranged for a guy to come round with a log splitter numerous times, and every single time he'd he'd let me down. And um, the first time actually he ever let me down, it was I think he was charging me forty five dollars an hour. And that was to bring his machine as well. And he was going to split all this wood for me with his machine that I've collected. And um, he let me down the first time. He didn't show up. And I, I was going to say I took a day off work, but obviously I worked for myself. But I'd, I'd, I'd scheduled the day and I was really excited about it, you know, to get this wood split, as you would be when you're 41. You've got nothing else in your life. And um, he didn't turn up and I was livid. So I sent him a message about half nine that day. He was meant to be here at nine. I said, hey, mate, you all right? Is everything okay? I just, you know, I was expecting you. You're not here. And um, he uh, he didn't text me back until the next day. And I, you know, during the course of the day, got a little bit angry and angry. I got nothing from him. And I could see that he was reading my messages because it was on Messenger on Facebook. And um, he kept reading these messages. And then the next day I said, listen, mate, I'm just really disappointed. You know, I was going to pay you, going to give you a good tip. I was going to help you. You know, I've taken a day off work. 
Um, you know, it's going to be a lovely time. And um, you've, not, you've not shown up. It's a bit disappointing. And uh, he just wrote back saying, uh, my wife's died. And, and and because I'm a recruiter and I've seen it all and heard it all, I thought, nah, she hasn't. You just got pissed up, didn't you? You got hung over. You woke up and you thought, nah, not going to Bright Hill. Not doing it. Not doing the log splitting with that English guy. He seems a bit keen, a bit weird. Talks about wood splitting a lot. And um, yeah, I just thought, nah, you're talking shit. Anyway, um, I thought, nah, I'm not going to bother with him again. And then about three weeks later, I saw him advertising again on Facebook Marketplace. I thought, you little shit. You little shit, you're back up and doing it again. So I, I messaged him, hey mate, don't know if you remember me, you were meant to turn up three weeks ago and you never came, hope you're well. Message back saying, yeah, sorry mate, um, I had a few problems. And I was like, yeah, what, what's been happening? What? And he didn't mention anything about his wife. I thought, yeah, of course, of course you've, you've even forgotten in your drunken haze that you told me that your wife had died. And uh, he arranged to meet me again. I thought, right, brilliant, I'm going to get you this time. And I said, you know what I did? I said, I'm going to pay you $50 an hour and I'm going to give you a $50 tip if we get it all done in the day. Um, to incentivize him, and he was like, "Yeah, no, no worries, mate. No, I love doing it. It's a great job, and I'll I'll be there." Anyway, the night before was pissing down, and it was meant to rain the next day. And he texted me and said, "Listen, I'm really sorry. I can't come tomorrow. It's pissing down rain." And I said, "Well, I've actually got um, a garage. We can do it all in, and I can just move all the wood in the garage. We can do it from there." And he and he goes, "Nah, nah, it's not going to work." He goes, "But I'll have to rearrange." I said, "Oh, well, do you want to do tomorrow, next day, the next day after, whatever, you know?" And he goes, no, nah, I, I don't know when I'm going to do it now because all my jobs are pushed back. And, um, you know, it's probably going to be another couple of months. I couldn't wait a couple of months. His wood's not going to split itself. So I got a bit angry with him again. I just said, well, mate, this is really disappointing. I said, I've been lined up for ages here. I said, I understand you've had your personal problems, but, you know, like, why can't you just come and do this for me? And uh, he then sent a message saying, um, I'm never doing wood splitting ever again. I'm, I'm taking my advert off marketplace and um I, i'm giving i'm giving this up um so i retired him really i was I, <laughs> I put i put him you know i put him i put him out of his misery he was obviously you know and i don't know whether or not his wife ever did die but um the fact of the matter is um i was talking to my friend at the golf club about this and um i don't know if i give him that level of detail because i don't think he would really um have listened to me talking that long um about such a boring subject but he he said you know he's, he's going to go and buy one so i think he just said he was going to go and buy one to shut me up anyway he did buy one and he lent me it and it was amazing and my mate sharpie came over and he helped me split it all lifting all these big logs into this machine and it was it's a wonderful machine very satisfying watching that wood get split especially when you've collected it all and um you know it was all just beautiful absolutely lovely and once you've split wood by hand and you know how long that takes with an axe and then you see a machine do it you just you just appreciate it even more. You're like, this is amazing. If I'd never split wood by hand, then I'd just take that machine for granted. It's a bit like, and it just happened yesterday, I went to get a pomegranate from the fridge, and I haven't had a pomegranate for ages, and I used to live on pomegranates when I was younger, and I thought, until probably 10 years ago, that pomegranates just came all de-seeded. Because my mum, bless her, used to always... Um, peel the pomegranate for me, put it all in a bowl and bring it in with a spoon. Up until I was 27. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I loved it. The other day, Leah said she got some pomegranates and I went to the fridge, got one last night and I cut it into four watching Ozark um, and I thought, I'll just sit there like my dad used to do and put the, the bin because dad never got it peeled because, you know, mum didn't, you know, as you do, you wouldn't care. You'd do it for your son, but you wouldn't do it for your husband. Dad used to do the hard yards and like, you know, chew it out over the bin. <laughs> Excuse you, the, the, the pomegranate. Anyway, so um, 
th- there I was last night chewing through this pot, and it all the sh- all the bits, all the horrible bits, horrible, like all the white bits, all sour. And I just thought, but God, Mum, I love you. You peeled them every time. You never complained. You might have taken a spoonful for yourself in the kitchen before you brought it through, but there was always a very generous amount in that bowl. And poor Dad did the hard yards. And if I'd never had that pomegranate served to me in a white porcelain bowl with a spoon as a child, you know, I'd never have appreciated, or vice versa, uh, the, the, the pomegranate needs to be eaten in that manner. Like, it's just... So that was the, the same... It's the same as lockdown, isn't it? Bringing it back. It's seven days, you know? Now you've done seven months, seven days is nothing. We can get through this together. If you peel the pomegranate, you know what I'm talking about. If you split wood, you know what I'm saying. You see, I'm just... The metaphors are just unbelievable. So anyway, I'll leave you now because I'm rabbiting on. But it's been lovely speaking to you. It's Friday night here. We're day one into into Melbourne lockdown. And, um, you know, hopefully we'll be out of it next Friday. And hopefully this has made you laugh. Um, I just want to go and uh, say a shout out to all my mates listening over in the UK. One in particular who's had a bit of a health scare recently, who actually sent me a message three weeks ago telling me so. And uh, he said, oh, I need you uh, to do a new Tulip Talks podcast. I've got a bit of time on my hands. And um, I was like, oh, yeah, what's all that about? And then he told me that he had a bit of a health scare and he's not going to be at work for a while, so he was bored. Um, so, you know, this one's for you. I hope that's filled in a bit of time. have had a lot of people over the last few months ask me when Series 2 is coming out. And believe me, it is coming out and it will start with a bang. But I've just got to wait on a few things uh, to get lined up. Um, I really hope you've enjoyed listening to it. I really hope that we can uh, get through this together. And if you've got any questions or comments, then please leave them in the Instagram or Facebook post or send me a private message or send me an email to paultulip at yahoo.com. Anyway, love you and leave you. See you next time.